Hello, and welcome to episode 84 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Jordan Clark, comics creator. We had Jordan on on episode 27 to talk about his book, Elk Mountain, and now he's back to talk about his story in DC Comics, Crimes of Passion, number one, in shops on February 5th. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. Jordan, thanks so much for, for coming back on. Uh, for anybody who missed your last appearance, why don't you start us off with a little bit of a, a bio about yourself and a little bit about the comics that you make? Cool, yeah. Well, first of all, thanks again for having me back on. Uh, glad to be back. Um, but yeah, my name is Jordan Clark. I'm a comic book writer. Um, I live in Baltimore, Maryland. I've uh, making comics for like six, seven years now. Um, so done a lot of self-published stuff. Um, done a lot of like smaller short stories and some anthology stuff uh so self-published stuff most recent book was a book called elk mountain uh which is about an immigrant superhero who lives in and defends the small town but obviously everything going on in current america which this book lines up with uh in terms of immigration and things like that it's kind of a very difficult position for him to be in so um it kind of explores that you know, what it would be like to be an immigrant superhero uh, in today's days and times. Um, I've also done some other short stuff. Uh, I did a short comic uh, in the Bitch Planet anthology, the Bitch Planet triple feature, Mm -hmm. uh, which came out about two years ago. Um, And now I have a story for DC Comics and uh, their Crimes of Passion anthology, which comes out on February 5th. Very cool. Um, So... I know that uh, Noah and I are familiar with your work, um, and I know Noah really enjoyed Elk Mountain. Noah, do you want to ask any questions about Elk Mountain before we we move on to the DC book? Well, I loved Elk Mountain so much, so I'm actually trying to get my thoughts together about that book right now, but I will have questions about it later in in relation to just your process and everything, but it's a, that Elk Mountain was one of my favorite books of last year. It Thank was, you. Yeah, it was such a good read all the way through, and I can't wait for issue two. Thank you. Yeah, um, we're 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 working on it, so hopefully we'll have something fairly soon. I think. Yeah, I'm really I'm really excited to see where that story goes. I really got attached to the characters right off the bat. Um, yeah, just from a story point, and also touching on the issues without feeling too much like you know you you have a message to give to the readers but you don't let it distract from the momentum of the story, which is something that we talk about on this podcast a lot is that, you know, with comics, it's so important to keep a pace Mm -hmm. and your readers engaged, but also at the same time control how your readers, you know, look at the panels and everything like that. And oftentimes, especially with the message, you can get, you know, so impassioned about it and you want to keep that passion in there, but not to the point where it slows the reader down or distracts from the larger story at play. So I'll be interested to talk to you more about that as we go into this interview. For sure. Yeah. Cool, cool. So let's, uh, let's, let's talk about the big book here. Let's talk about uh, Crimes of Passion, uh, number one. So what's the title of uh, your story in this book? Um, my story is called Out of the Past. Uh, okay. It's a Batwoman story. Uh, so it's, it's Batwoman and Maggie Sawyer. Uh, I know I know there was a lot of people who were uh, wondering about Renee Montoya, who's the question, who also has a relationship with um, with Kate Kane, Batwoman. But for me, I'm a, I'm a really big Maggie Sawyer fan, and I came in with the Greg Rucka stuff and the Jage Williams the Third stuff, and Maggie's obviously a huge part of that. I mean, they end up getting engaged, you know, at a in the midpoint of that run, so. Um, and I feel like there's just a lot of leftover stuff with them. Uh, you know, not to say that Batwoman and Renee don't have ongoing stuff as well, but I felt like Maggie kind of wasn't near the forefront for a while. And I thought it'd be interesting to kind of bring them back together. Is the title a reference to the movie out of the past with like Robert Mitchum and Kirk Douglas? Uh, no, I wish I, I thought of that connection, but uh, that was <laughs> maybe just a, Sorry, excuse me. Uh, it's just a good coincidence. Yeah, I just thought of that right now because I mean that that movie's all about like you know a woman from the man's past coming yeah. in, 
like, you know, causing havoc. And I was sort of now seeing parallels between that and your story. Yeah. I mean, there is definitely that feeling of, um, you know, this relationship that, you know, for a lot of various reasons, both comic wise and out of comics wise, uh, you know, kind of ended. So, um, you know, there's, there's still some lingering discussions they need to have. There's still some lingering feelings that they have, um, that never really got resolved, you know, at least on page. So yeah. this was kind of our attempt to, to do that. That's really cool. Yeah. And you definitely have a, the, the, the issue itself is very noir. So it being that, that title, you know, really conjures up a lot of like, you know, classic noir imagery, but there's a lot of classic noir imagery in the book as well. Was that purposeful? Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, I'm, I'm a big noir, noir person. Sorry, I'm eating. I'm eating some chili right now, and it's pretty hot. Um, <laughs> um, Human struggles. Yeah, but no, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm definitely a big noir fan, um, and I think Batwoman, all the Bat family, kind of plays well into the noir aesthetic. I think. I mean, maybe besides like Duke and some other people who are kind of more, you know, they can do the daylight in the nighttime, but Batwoman and Batman specifically are very much so noir characters in my mind. You know, they kind of stalk the shadows. Um, you know, they're doing detective work kind of differently. You know, Batwoman is a little bit more to the point, you know, like Batman has some, you know, tactics and some secrecy and like Batwoman does too. You know, she's a soldier. She has that background. But I think when she kind of gets the the gist of what's going on when she kind of sees the the light at the end of the tunnel she's just she's just going straight for it just to to punch something um so uh we we definitely want us to keep the noir aesthetic there because um you know it is a detective story you know there is some uh of that kind of like mystery going on but i think you know just having her in the shadows again going back to the jh williams run i was a very big fan i mean specifically you know, the stuff that J.H. Williams drew himself, um, you know, has a lot of those shadows, has a lot of that, you know, just kind of in the in the dark, uh, you know, figuring out those mysteries, figuring out, and not even just the mysteries, but I mean, there's just a lot of like that when you go to those noir romances too, just kind of like people meeting up in alleyways and kind of those kind of late night clandestine meetings, like keeping that in there too, I think was important to the story. Yeah, I can definitely feel that in in the short story that you did, you, you you got that in there effectively. The the big thing, I guess, with taking on Batwoman, like you said, is is sort of getting across her, you know, her emotional state as sort of being a soldier. And uh you, you did that that that's sort of a big focus in this story. Um was that something that you went in like, you know, you were thinking about what you were going to focus on in this story was that something that you really honed in on or what were you like you know what were you really thinking about while you were writing the character so yeah the 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 greg recca detective comics run and then the james williams um hayden blackman run like i love those stories so much and i love just the way that they wrote her um, both as a as a as a superhero, but also as just a person, um, and so obviously, you know, I'm I'm not Greg Rucka, uh, and I'm what? And I'm not yeah. Is this isn't a Greg Rucka interview, Matt. Uh, okay, no, I, I duped you into it. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry to disappoint, but um, I I did my best to match as well as I could, you know, kind of what they laid out for the character. So I went back and I read Elegy. And I went back and I read uh, the first two arcs of the J.H. Williams run just to kind of get the voice, you know, because I feel like, um, you know, one of the tricky things with superhero comics is, you know, there's everybody's passing the baton to somebody else. Um, but, you know, there should be some level of continuity, right? Like if everybody's writing a character a different way, then it doesn't really give that that through line um and that continuity and kind of like keep that kind of uh you know mirage if you will of of these characters just existing on a single you know continuum right like batman from 
you know, when he debuted, uh, you know, back in the, in the forties is the same Batman he is today. Like it's not, he's not supposed to be different. He's not a different character. Um, so, you know, obviously he's changed over the years, but a lot of those core components remain the same. And so, you know, I wanted to go back to, you know, the debut. So Batwoman debuted in, uh, the 52, it wasn't a mini series. I guess it's a maxi series. It was a 52 week series. Um, but that was her first debut. And then after that, you know, she showed up again and detective with Greg Rucka. And, um, you know, I went back and I read all that stuff and, and really did my best to kind of get who she is as a person. And she's, she is a soldier and that really plays a lot into, you know, her sense of, of honor and her sense of duty. Um, you know, she does a lot of what she does kind of similar to why Batman does what he does because they both kind of went through this childhood trauma. They both had, you know, some, some horrible tragedies happen to their families. Um, and they both kind of made that decision that, you know, if I can prevent that from happening to somebody else, I will. Um, but Batwoman also has this level of vulnerability to her, which isn't, um, it could have been written in kind of like a, Oh, she's a woman. So she's sensitive kind of way, but they wrote it more as a, you know, this is just who she is as a person, you know what I mean? Like she's got this tough exterior that she puts out uh, and it serves her well for most of her life. But there is, um, you know, this desire for her to connect to other people, I think because of the loss that she went through, um, you know, she can have a hard time, reaching out and connecting to people. But when she makes those connections, they're very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is very protective of the people in her life. Um, and so, you know, I wanted to make sure that I, I kind of kept that level of, of, you know, she can be, she can be strong headed, you know, she can kind of rush into things and do things again, not because she's not thinking ahead or planning just because, you know, when she, when she gets kind of swept up into things, um you know she's 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 got an anger problem i guess if we can say that um, for her yeah um and again she's she's very good at directing that anger so you know 90 percent of the time it it works for her but there's that 10 percent of the time where she kind of gets carried away and she can kind of get herself into some situations so um i kind of wanted to to make sure that i was sticking close to what has come before because she's also got she's also got a sense of humor like she's playful um you know especially in her interactions with maggie um and she's i think the thing that i love the most about you know the jh williams run is that you know they would have these panels of her and you know again it's the very noir style and she's got the you know the black and the red um but she's also got the pale skin so she's got the red lipstick that really stands out and those just panels of her where she's just smiling, right? Mm-hmm. And it's and it's not, it's a it's a happy smile, but it's also kind of like a like a like a devious smile because you just beat somebody up, you know what I mean? So she's like she's enjoying this, um, but it's almost this this kind of devil may care attitude that she has, especially when she's in the Batwoman costume doing superhero stuff. Um, so I also wanted to kind of throw some of that in there. So. Uh, I th- I think I did a good job of kind of, you know, maintaining what people know about Batwoman. Um, and for people who are longtime fans of the Greg Rucka stuff and the uh, um, J.H. Wilms stuff and the Marguerite Bennett stuff, um, you know, hopefully this is all familiar to you, just the way that she acts and interacts in the world. Yeah, it is very familiar. So... I have I have a question for you, and uh, uh, as far as like craft, so I think one thing you did really well is uh, we we dove right into the story, um, and for for me, not really knowing the Maggie Sawyer character so much, you did a good way of showing us that there was uh, a past relationship with them without them directly directly saying that to to each other. Um, so, so what were your thoughts on like how to introduce that and to keep the story moving with a a limited number of pages? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the tricky part with things like this. It's, um, it's going to be an 80 page comic. So, um, you know, there's 10 stories, everybody got eight pages. Um, and so it's, it's kind of this, um, 
it's space management, right? Basically, like you're trying to decide how much do I dedicate to, you know, certain beats and certain moments, not only to keep the story moving, but to make sure that, you know, each of these moments is building and each of these moments is paying off so that by the time you get to the end of the eight pages, you're not just like, wait, did we just skip a bunch of time? Or like, you know, oh, that ending felt pretty rushed. Like we mm-hmm. just kind of like got, we we're seven pages in and then all of a sudden it felt like, you know, they had to end it. So it's just like jump cut to, you know, something completely random. Um, so they have, I mean, they have a lot of history. They have a lot of, there's a lot of comics dedicated to Maggie Sawyer and, and Batwoman's relationship. Um, and, you know, I wanted to do something where if you're familiar with them, you know, I, I threw in some small little callbacks between them, uh, that people might recognize just in terms of dialogue and things like that. But if you're not familiar with them, I wanted to, you know, establish their relationship, but also not get bogged down in the details of things. Cause again, there's a, there's a lot of things, um, that could have been referenced and there's a lot of things that could have been, um, you know, just kind of drawn out and built up. But, um, you know, one of the things, obviously this whole experience is a learning experience for me just because this is my first, you know, DC comic or just big two comic, big superhero comic. Um, and there's that balance of, you know, character Mm -hmm. and I'm a big character person. I think that's where I build a lot of my stories off of, uh, but then there's the the need for action, right? Like it can't just be people talking for eight pages. Like something has to happen. Some kind of action has to happen. It is a superhero story. So there just need to be, you know, not necessarily like a, like a six page fight sequence, but like somebody's got to get punched maybe, or something's got to blow up or, you know, something right. along those lines needs to happen. Uh, so having those things happen organically, um, but having those things kind of, you know, build off of each other, um, be a challenge so for me um you know maggie i I wanted her to be as important to the story and and have as much of a story you know as batwoman has it's a batwoman story it's built as a batwoman story but you know maggie's a big part of batwoman's story in general um and she's a character that's been around for a long time i mean she's originally a superhero a superman character um and, you know, she was the Metropolis chief of police and then she moved over to Gotham and then she went back to Metropolis and she came back to Gotham. So she just kind of bounced back and forth, which again, just it's, it's, this is off topic, but it really gets me thinking again about like just where those two cities are, because for now I'm going to go with the Delaware, New Jersey geography, which seems strange that Metropolis is in Delaware because that doesn't seem like a major city state, you know, but uh, I guess if Gotham is South Jersey, then that's the only place that makes sense. Or maybe it's in Pennsylvania. No, some of the, I think some of the, the maps or where people have tried to locate it. I think you're, I think you're in the the right, right area, but I do agree with you. It's a bit of a uh, strange locale. (laughs) But, Either way, Maggie's been bouncing back between those two cities for a while now. So, um, you know, I think she was written very, very well, you know, in the, in the Greg Rucka, J.H. Williams runs. Um, especially because before that, I hadn't really been that too familiar with her myself. But, like, just reading all of those um, issues and just kind of how she is, she's similar to Batwoman in a lot of ways where I think you know, they both have a tendency to kind of just throw themselves into their, their jobs uh, per se. Right. I mean, Kate doesn't really have a job. She's her job is being a superhero, but uh, you know, when, when things kind of get tough and they kind of have a tendency to just kind of turn, turn everything off and just, just dive into the work and just do that until, you know, hopefully their problems go away. Uh, But Maggie is, I don't want to say that she's more of an adult than Kate, but I think she's, she's got more life experience. Like she's just, she's a little bit older. She's seen some more things. Um, and so she's, she's kind of got more of a level headed approach to stuff, although she also can have a temper and be pretty strong willed. So, um, you know, she's, she is a character that I think, I hope they do more with, but I know that, you know, a lot of people may not be as familiar with her as they are with say a gay Renee Montoya or Batwoman. So 
um, you know, I wanted to, to do what I could to kind of make that relationship clear and make their history clear. But, you know, you don't, again, because it's eight pages, I don't have five or six pages to kind of set stuff up and then, you know, another, you know, 15 or 16 pages to kind of pay all that off. Like I have to kind of get into it quick, establish it, move it through, and then kind of pay it off at the end. So again, I, I think I did a good job. I think that that kind of, you, if you're very familiar with that relationship, I, I hope it feels natural. And, you know, a lot of those um, loose ends that they had, hopefully these, these kind of feels like a resolution to some of that. And if you're new to these characters, hopefully this makes you want to go back and read those stories because, I mean, for one, they're excellent. But two, I think, um, you know, they're a really great example of how to build a relationship uh, in a monthly comic format. Um, so if, if you're into what you read here, hopefully you go back and kind of get the, the gist of the whole relationship. Yeah. Well, that's, I know enough about the relationship to know that there's a lot of controversy around it. Uh, mainly just because of, you know, a lot of the editorial got involved when the relationship got to a point. And, um, but I think this, this story is kind of, very personal in that way where like it feels like you're like you know you're you're saying something through the characters um and uh about like you sort of where they're at as people um so i guess this is sort of a backtrack then my question is is uh how did you get to write these characters was this something that you asked to write or was this something that was assigned to you for this series so I was kind of offered um, like a number of characters that they were had in mind for this. Um, so Batwoman was, was definitely one of them. And um, obviously now she's got the, the TV show and she's in the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. And, you know, there's a lot of eyes on her. So I think, you know, because she doesn't have an ongoing series right now, um, you know, DC is interested in, in kind of still getting her out there as much as possible in different things. Um, so, you know, the, the, the pitch was kind of like, okay, like here are some characters, here are characters that you can't do because th- somebody's already writing them. Uh, so they'll do these. Um, here are some characters uh, that include a Batwoman that, you know, we like to see you pitch and kind of get your take on what that would be. And then, you know, if there's anything else that you have in mind, feel free to kind of, you know, pitch that as well. Um, so I pitched the Batwoman story, uh, which is the story. And then I pitched uh, a Duke Thomas story kind of set a little bit after the We Are Robin series. Um, so obviously they went with the Batwoman one, but it was a situation where, uh, you know, they, they, they kind of, you know, had a few picked out, you know, that they had in mind that they thought would be good for this. Um, but I was kind of free to, to kind of throw some other stuff in there if I wanted to. And so where did you uh, make, uh, make first contact with uh, folks from, from DC? Was it, was it at a con or something like that? Uh, Well, I, I have been fortunate enough uh, and uh, it's, it's been really good for me to, to have this relationship that I have with Kelly Sue DeConnick, who I met about six or seven years ago um she was doing a a signing at third eye comics in annapolis um at the old location um and i i went there and i you know did the signing and then afterwards she had a workshop which i went to which was really helpful um and ever since then you know i i was kind of just beginning doing comics so i kind of you know stayed in touch with her uh and you know made some books and uh saw her at heroes con about three or four years ago now and was just showing her, you know, what I'd been working on. Uh, and she liked it enough that she showed it to her editor, Lauren Sankovich, who then came and approached me and said, you know, would you like to do this pitch planet triple feature thing? Um, so she, she is, she is my comics mom, uh, in jest, but also like for real, just because she's somebody who, uh, you know, for all of us who were in that bitch planet triple feature, she, uh, she really took us under her wing and with all the other stuff that she has going on, um, 
you know, whether it's the comics that she's writing or, you know, the kids that she's raising or, you know, the TV stuff and movie stuff that she's doing and just living, you know, just, just the free time that she has to herself. Um, she's very selfless and she's very giving. Um, and it's, it's not a situation where, you know, uh, I'm, you know, kind of, kind of greasing the wheel and, you know, kind of nudging her and saying, Hey Kelly, can you, can you do this or that for me? Um, you know, it's just kind of like, like, for example, I saw her at New York comic con two years ago and I hadn't really talked to her, you know, cause you know, for me, I kind of feel like, you know, I don't want to like bug her too much is cause she is, she's very busy, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's, I don't just want to be like, Hey, do you watch the Witcher? Like, you want to talk about that? Like, I think, you know, if, if I, if I talk to her, it's not that like, I'm like, Oh, I can never speak to her, but it's more like, you know, I want to be respectful of her time and you know, the things that she's got going on. Um, but I started in your comic con two years ago when she was kind of, uh, debuting, you know, the Aquaman series that she's doing now. Um, and, you know, I spoke to her after this panel that she did and she was like, yeah, you know, I was talking to some people over at Valiant and, you know, I, I mentioned your name and all this stuff. And I was just like, whoa, you know, cause like I, I didn't tell her to do that. I didn't ask her to do that. Um, you know, but it's, it's just one of those things that she does where she's always just, you know, thinking about people and, and considering people and, you know, probably reflecting back to when she was trying to break into the industry and it's, it's not easy. Um, and it definitely helps to have people like her in your corner who are, you know, like they're like, she's not going to do the work for me. Like I still have to do all of that stuff when I get these opportunities. But, um, you know, she was the one who mentioned my name to the people at DC and just kind of said, Hey, you know, I know you're looking for people to do some things and, you know, maybe looking for people to do some Aquaman stuff or maybe, you know, to do some other stuff. So, you know, here's somebody that I can vouch for that I think would be good, you know, doing these kind of jobs. Um, so she threw my name into the hat and, you know, I've, I've, been very fortunate to be able to be in contact with some people at DC and get opportunities like these. So, um, you know, I think there's, there's, there's a lot of different ways to, to get in and to break in and to, you know, make those connections and, you know, conventions are definitely one of them, but, you know, sometimes it does help just to, to have those relationships and not, you know, those relationships that you kind of force or make, you know, for the sole purpose of, getting opportunities and getting jobs but just you know this is somebody that I really like and really respect or this is a peer of mine that I I really you know I really like their work and I really like what they do and I want to talk to them and 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 be friends with them like legitimate friends with them and then you know sometimes stuff like this comes up where they're like hey you know I was talking to somebody and they're asking about you know if they knew if I knew anybody who you know would be available to do something and I, I mentioned your name just because I know you and I like your work so I, I kind of you know threw your name in the hat so um you know I I I can't repay her or, or thank her enough for you know all the support that she's given me but um you know hopefully I can I can continue to do good work which will kind of validate you know those those opinions that she has that's really awesome what um with uh then after like you know you get this opportunity you get to pitch batwoman a part of that pitch did you have your artist and your artist and like you know lettering team picked out or was that something that like after the pitch was accepted they assigned artists and or like you know gave you a group of artists to pick from uh so i'll compare i'll compare it to the bitch planet story that i did uh for Kelly Sue. Um, so both situations, you know, I, I pitched the story, um, and, you know, I got some feedback and then, you know, we kind of set out to find an artist and and all that kind of stuff. So in the bitch planet situation, because, you know, there was deadlines and there was a timeline, but, uh, you know, that's Kelly Sue's thing. So, you know, with image, obviously they get the books out on time. Like, it's not like you can just kind of just disappear from the stands. But, you know, if you look at somebody like Jonathan Hickman, who's got a lot of stuff going on, like, you know, East to West comes out regularly, but sometimes there's a gap in there just because him and Nick Dragota might say, you know what, like, I know we were supposed to get this out this month, but we need a little bit more time to get it right. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of image gives you that opportunity to maybe, you know, skip a month here or there if you need to 
uh, just to make sure that you get it right or to do what Brian K. Vaughn does with Saga and say, hey, you know, we're going to do these in kind of six month increments or as they recently did just say, hey, we're going to take a whole year off, you know, because we need a break and we need to get this right. And we want to make sure that we're not just pushing this out there for the sake of having something on the stands. So uh, with that situation, uh, you know, they gave me a list of names to choose from. Um, and they said, hey, you know, here's, here's, a, here's just kind of like an artist inventory that we have um, of people that we like and, and know and, you know, think could do a good job with these stories. So just kind of look through and give us some names and we'll check in and see who's available. Uh, so with that, I ended up working with uh, Naomi Frankies, who um, is now doing the Harrow County miniseries um, that just started coming out. I think two issues are out now. Um, oh wow! But yeah, she's 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 amazing. Um, and that was another situation. I was like, wow, I get to work with this person. Um, but that that I got to I got to pick my artist, um, and uh, you know they had a letter on hand that was going to do all the stories. Um, comparing that with the DC uh, story, because of you know just the the general situation where it's. Uh, a lot of people, you know, it's, it's, it's eight, it's 10 stories. Um, but that's, I mean, how many people, if you break that down with not even just writers, but pencilers, and then there was inkers and letters and colorists and like all these people to kind of corral and maintain, right. um, you know, they had people already not like paired up, but like they had, one side they had writers and one side they had artists. Um, and then once they had all the stories and they just kind of paired us up naturally by what they thought would work best for each story that they had. Okay. Um, so the artist for this story is Kieran McCown, who uh, has done some stuff for Dark Horse. Um, he did an Alien series, which was really good. Um, and recently he did a Wonder Woman issue with Steve Orlando. Um, that was also really good. Uh, so working with him was great. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was a little difficult just because beforehand I didn't really know who I was writing for until a little bit later on. So, um, you know, I had to kind of change things as we went along, uh, just to kind of, kind of get more in sync with what, uh, Kieran does. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, in other situations, I think there might be a little bit more say in terms of who the creative team might be, but just because this was not a thing that was rushed, but more so a thing that just like, you know, there's two editors on it and they have to make sure that all these people are getting the work in on time so they can get the book out on time. Uh, so for them, it was like, you know, instead of having the hassle of like, tracking down each individual member of a creative team and going back and forth with that. It's just, we have these people already in line. So like, let's just pull and make sure that we have, um, you know, the people that we need and people that we can, we can trust to do the work in the time that we need to get it done. Uh, so we can get the book out. Um, but there's some, I mean, like Greg Smallwood's in this book, uh, John Paul Leone, he was one of my all time favorite artists is in this book. Um, there's a lot of really talented, like, this isn't just like, uh, you know, the people they could kind of pull together to get a book done. This is like some real high quality, like writers, artists, inkers, colorists, like this is a real, real who's who, uh, situation. So the fact that I'm in it is kind of crazy. Yeah. That's uh, gotta be awesome. Yeah. Like uh, to, to see your name on, like you see, like you said on your Instagram, on your Instagram post, which I love, you know, I'm the others, right. You know, like that's. That's so great. Yeah. But again, so, you know, in, in the future, possibly, I feel like, obviously, you know, the, the more pull that you have, like Grant Morrison gets to say who he wants to work with. Like nobody's going to say, Grant Morrison, here's the only artist that you can choose from. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, in, in situations where uh, there's, there's more time, you know, to kind of put things together when, uh, you know, there's more time for, you know, artists and uh, editors and writers to kind of have conversations about, you know, the look and the tone and the feel of the book and kind of the things that they want to do. 
um, you know, I think that's when you're able to kind of have more of the leeway with who you're working with as opposed to a situation like this, which is, you know, kind of a, a big jam book where, you know, a whole bunch of people are coming together to create these stories. Um, but obviously you, you need to get the book out because once it's solicited, it's like, this is, this is happening. We can't just say, oops, you know, like we didn't hit the deadline on time. So, you know, we're going to have to move the book back a few weeks or, you know, a month or whatever. Um, so yeah, you know, it, it was, it was kind of a surprise, you know, who the rest of the team was going to be. Uh, but once I saw everybody, I was like, this is amazing. So I'm so very good. pleased. Yeah. And I think we've talked with Philip, who's also on this book before about how it normally works with the process. All of you guys go through an editor, right? Like all the art and everything like you see that by the editor or were you communicating directly with the artist um, like on each of the stages of like pencils and inks and everything? Uh, so again, because of just the nature of the project, you know, this was a very editor heavy um, project, meaning that, you know, because again, they need to get things done in a certain amount of time and, you know, we have to hit very specific deadlines. Um, you know, they were the ones who were kind of handling all the in-between and all the communications. So I would communicate directly with them. They would communicate directly with, you know, the, the artist and the colorist and the letterer just kind of, you know, handle that, um, you know, management of, of, of each of those individual team members, just so, um, you know, communication was clear you know it wasn't a bunch of different people sending different emails to different people and then them trying to sort out those email chains and figure out you know what still needs to be done and all that stuff um so you know it's very different for me again you know doing something like elk mountain where you know i am writer and editor so i'm the one who's kind of controlling a lot of that and uh you know in charge of a lot of that just in terms of the communication between you know, team members and people and, 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 you know, making sure, you know, deadlines are hit, but also, you know, if, if Vince, who was the artist on that, you know, just had something that he was seeing with the colors or, you know, even had a suggestion for me, you know, as a writer, you know, we were able to communicate in that way. Um, this was more kind of like, you know, they knew what they needed and they knew what, needed to be changed. So any, any story stuff, you know, obviously they came to me, any dialogue stuff, obviously they came to me. Um, but in terms of just, you know, the way that things were laid out visually, um, you know, I didn't really get a ton of input in that. And, you know, for me, I'm pretty hands off with that anyways. Like I, um, made it clear to Karen, like my script is not a Bible, like feel free to change anything that you see, that would make the story flow better. That would make the pacing better. That would make, you know, panel to panel transitions better and all that stuff. Um, so, you know, it's not a very, it's not loose in terms of like, you know, page one through eight, Batwoman and Maggie talk, you know, whatever, like you just fill in the blanks. Um, but it's, it's not very, I didn't want to get super detailed with it just because I knew you know, I wouldn't really get a chance to talk with him that much, you know, directly. Um, right. So, so anything, anything that I deemed very specific, you know, that I, that I thought I wanted to see specifically, you know, on the page, um, you know, I made that very clear, you know, I mean, it was, it was pretty much just like, you know, this, we need to see this in this panel so that all of this makes sense later on, or, um, you know, even just in terms of, uh, you know, the, the way that Maggie dresses, like I am very much so a fan of, again, the J.H. Williams Batwoman book where you see her and she's basically like a, like a mirror of Jim Gordon. Like she dresses very much like Jim Gordon. She's got the same coat. Um, sometimes she's wearing the same kind of tie. Um, and I wanted to kind of keep that aesthetic, but also, you know, I was like, you know, maybe we should, maybe we should change certain things just so that it, it, it looks like time has passed, you know, maybe her hair is a little bit longer, you know, maybe she looks, you know, slightly different in this way so that, you know, we can kind of put the story in, in kind of like, you know, uh, uh, a continuity bubble. So it can kind of float 
really anywhere. It can be, you know, immediately after the JHWM series, or it can be, you know, <coughs> it can be a very recent thing that, you know, just happened. <coughs> Excuse me. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, for that, that kind of stuff, I really, you know, made sure to put that in the script specifically. But a lot of the other stuff, you know, I really kind of left up to Karen just because I knew, you know, he would be dealing directly with the editors. Um, so I wanted to make it as easy for him as possible, you know, for him to make, you know, those decisions just in terms of what he felt would, would flow the best, you know, specifically because my mandate is always, you know, for me, my job takes anywhere between, you know, a few days to a week. Uh, but you have to sit and draw this thing for like a month maybe or, or a little bit longer. So like, you know, I don't want it to feel like you have to do literally everything I'm writing here in the script. Um, but that you, you also get creative input. You also get the ability to kind of make changes and do things um, that you think would work because you are the visual storyteller. And so, you know, I kind of lean on artists in that way to say, um, you know, this is what I think, but you're the expert, you know what I mean? You're the one who, who knows how to best put all the stuff on a page and to best put multiple pages together. So everything looks like, you know, it's coherent and, and, and flows together. Well, um, when he did an excellent job, you know, it looks amazing. Uh, and everybody else involved, uh, did a very amazing job as well. So, um, yeah, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, the kind of free flowing open communication um, that I've, I've had in previous projects. But I think, again, that's more so a, a byproduct of the nature of the product. So did you find that uh, like relaxing or, or more stressful, like relaxing in that, like you you could at a certain point be like, I did my part and now it's turned over and I'm going to, I'm going to see the finished product or like coming from like the indie or the Kickstarter environment where like you said earlier, you were the you were the writer, you were the editor, you were almost uh, the project manager. Um, so, uh, how did how did you feel about that experience? Um, I mean, the the only thing that made me nervous was I just really wanted to see it mm-hmm. like as soon as possible. Um, uh, so that was kind of like, oh man, like you know, I I did my part, but like, when do I get to see these pages? When do I get to see this color? When do I get to see this letter? And stuff would come in, you know what I mean? Like, I, I would get to see it as it was going along. It wasn't like, you know, the first time I saw it, it was done. Um, but it was it was a different experience just because I was like, oh, man, all right. Like, like you're saying, like, cool. Like, I, I, I did it. You know, like, I'm finished, you know, in a sense. Like, there was still certain, like, you know, dialogue changes and things like that that I had to make. Um, you know, even kind of down to the last minute, you know, certain questions that editors were asking about, you know, whether we wanted to keep this in there, whether we could change it. Um, so, you know, I, I felt it wasn't like I didn't feel involved, you know, I definitely Mm -hmm. felt involved and I definitely felt like, um, you know, this was a very collaborative process, but, uh, you know, because I was able to take a step back and just be only the writer and not the editor, um, it did feel a little different just because I am kind of used to like seeing projects through totally to the end and, you know, being in communication with every single team member. Um, but it was great for me too, because I, I'm not used to being edited, you know, in the sense that, uh, a lot of my books just from the very nature of, I believe that everybody who's working on a project should get paid, you know, their, their worth, uh, I often don't really have that extra money to pay an editor to edit stories for me, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have to end up being, uh, you know, writer and editor. And again, I'm fortunate to work with a lot of talented people who also, you know, will throw in, you know, opinions and, and kind of point stuff out to me as we go along uh, to kind of help me, you know, make sure that everything makes sense um, and, and, you know, keep the book you know, collaborative, you know, I, I definitely appreciate uh, when other people are like, hey, you know, I have an idea because I feel like when when people have ideas about the book that you're working on um, and people have, you know, that, that kind of 
impassioned input. That means that they're also locked in and keyed into what you're doing and not just kind of, you know, I don't want to, you know, say some people just, you know, take the money and, and do whatever. But, um, you know, the fact that everybody is, is doing their best and, and trying to make the product, uh, the project as, as, as good as it can be, you know, and not just saying, Oh, my job is done, but, mm-hmm. but looking at the whole picture and saying, Oh man, like what if we did this or we could do that? Um, you know, I always appreciate that, but having editors, you know, people who, um, you know, can kind of look at things and, you know, this is, this is their, jo- this is their job 365 days a year. Like they are editing comics constantly all the time. So, you know, they're able to to kind of point things out to me that I just don't see, you know, I'm not able to kind of, um, you know, put, put certain things together. Um, and it, I feel like just having done, even though this is only eight pages, I feel like I'm a better writer just having gone through the experience because now I can see a lot of the things that they were, uh, you know, talking to me about and a lot of the conversations that we had. Um, I feel like the next projects that I work on, you know, that's something that I, I, I already have that foresight. Like I can see that and, you know, working on future stuff, I can say, Oh, like not even like, I'm not going to make that same mistake again, but you know, I, I have, um, just more knowledge, you know, just more experience, just having, you know, worked on, uh, you know, a a big two comic, a superhero comic, but also, you know, having been in an environment where, you know, it is, it is, it, it, it moves, you know, and that's, I guess that's the biggest difference between indie comics and, you know, published comics, specifically big two comics, um, is that, you know, this stuff, like it goes, you know what I mean? Like you don't really have time to, stop and uh you know take a take a step back you know sometimes Mm -hmm. just because they got to get that script and they got to get that art and they got to get you know so like it's 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 continuously moving um so you might get some notes back on wednesday and then friday you got to get it back in you know so you you have a day or two to kind of think about it and rework things and then you know that that your part has to go back in because there's somebody else who then will take that and then do their part you know, so if you're late with your script changes, then that's going to push the artist back and that's going to push the letterer back and the colorist back and all these other people. Um, so there's, there's a little bit of that pressure, uh, which felt good. Like I, I kind of, I like deadlines, you know, cause I kind of tend to procrastinate left to my own devices. So having mm-hmm. somebody kind of around to say, Hey, you know, this is, you need to have this done by this time. Um, and not really giving me that kind of wiggle room to say, ah, but what if I just like, you know, pushed it back just a little bit, which, you know, sometimes working on my own individual projects, I might kind of say, Hey, you know, I want to take that extra time to, you know, do this and do that and maybe kind of play around a little bit. Um, but with this, it's like, Hey, you know, like let's, let's have a conversation about, you know, what things need to be changed. Um, and then once we're all, you know, an agreement on those things, like now you get to work and, and do those changes and then get those back to us, you know, and again, it's not like a a super short amount of time, but it's not like you don't have like a week or two weeks. It's like you got two or three days to kind of work that out. Um, so for me, you just haven't gone through that whole process, um, and, and having gotten the opportunity to work, uh, with some very, very, you know, talented editors and smart editors and people who, um, you know, were able to, to take my story and look at it, um, and see it through the, the eyes of the DC universe, you know, obviously, um, you know, make sure that everything is in the right continuity and make sure that everything, you know, feels like it's, it's a part of the same world, but also look at it on an individual story basis and say, you know, these are the things that I think would make the story stronger. And this is, these are the kind of things that, you know, would, would kind of, you know, bring out these character moments or bring out, you know, this action beat. Um, you know, those are the things that I really value just because, you know, again, not having the opportunity to work with a ton of editors so far, um, you know, it's always great to have that feedback um, and be able to see kind of, you know, flaws or things that on your own you might not catch, but having those, you know, extra set of eyes who can kind of guide you, you know, back to the place that you need to be 
uh, is invaluable. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a lot of notes, you know, when I'm getting these notes, I'm making notes of my own to say, okay, now I see that. And next time, you know, this, this will be something that I'll just, I'll be on, you know, from the start. Yeah. It seems like a uh, valuable skill that you can add to your, to your arsenal as, as a creator. Yeah, hopefully. Um, and you know, it's one of those things where there's, there's, there's people who, um, you know, have been doing this a long time, uh, but still seem to, to want to learn and want to, you know, pick up new tricks and, um, you know, add, you know, maybe, maybe it's, you know, a, a technological side, like Sean Phillips, uh, recently went from, you know, doing physical to digital art, I think, they made that transition on the fade out. Oh, wow. I think the fade out was when he started doing digital. Um, you know, and Sean Phillips was doing comics for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, he said, hey, you know, this is, this is something that I can change and add. And, you know, the art doesn't look any different. You, you can't really tell the difference. You wouldn't know if you didn't know. Like, you would think he was just doing it the same the way that he's been doing it. Um, but, you know seeing people like that who are still constantly evolving and changing, um, you know, makes me again, just, just keep in mind and realize that, um, like I know, I, I, I know nowhere close to all there is to know about making comics and, and being a comics creator and being a writer. But, um, you know, everything I do, I want to make sure that I, I, I learn from it and, uh, hopefully I improve from it. Um, and you know each opportunity to work with people and you know have conversations with people and 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 take guidance from people um you know i do my best to make sure that you know i make physical notes or mental notes just about okay like now that i've 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 seen that or that's been pointed out to me like you know keep that in mind for next time and it's a lot of stuff like sometimes you got to go back i go back and i read making comics and understanding comics at least once a year just to make sure that i'm I'm seeing at least half of the things that I, I should be seeing as I'm making stuff just cause you know, sometimes no matter how many times you read those books or no matter, you know, how much stuff you think, you know, there's always something out there that is, is, uh, is new or is has kind of slipped your mind. Um, and you know, just trying to stay sharp and, and trying to improve, I think is a goal for every creator just cause it can be, it's, it's hard. Making comics is hard. Writing is hard. You know, all this stuff is difficult. Um, so, you know, having as many tools as you can to not, I don't know if it's ever going to be easier, but, you know, just, just not shooting yourself in the foot from the start, you know, like mm-hmm. clearing up as much of the runway as possible so that, you know, when you really start to get going, like it's, it's as smooth as you can make it. Very cool. So like, I'm very excited uh, to to read the rest of this book. And, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of your stuff. And I, it's, it's fun to follow follow the path that you that you're on. And I can I can see all the things that you're doing here. Uh, Noah, do you have any uh, final questions before we wrap this up? Well, it's kind of I, I had the that big question that I, that I teased at the beginning. And then I started to ask it, and then forgot as I was asking what I was asking about. So that happens to me a lot. So the one question I had earlier was basically, how do you tackle tough subjects without it distracting from the story as a whole? So on Elk Mountain, there's a lot of the political, uh, you know, a lot having to do with immigration, a lot having to do with just identity in general. Then on this one, you have the sort of, you know, well, I don't know much about Maggie Sawyer and Kate Kane, but I know enough that there, that that is a huge controversial moment in comics where they were going to get married. And then it was from editorial that said, no, that, that can't happen. And um, when you're dealing with subjects like that, how do you keep from like, you know, getting too, I guess like, you know, distractingly emotional in your story, you know, that it like, it stops the momentum. I mean, it's, it is hard, you know, and, um, I think for me, character is, is, is really what I, I key in on and, and try to, um, 
you know, bring out of, you know, each of my stories that I tell. So, you know, having, having grounded and believable characters, I think is, is a good start. Uh, just because, um, you know, if, if you create a character just to kind of be a straw man or kind of to be a, a, a walking point that you're trying to make, and then, you know, everything that comes out of their mouth is, is, you know, another, you know, brick in your argument that you're trying to make and they don't really seem like a real person people are going to catch on to that pretty quick and get tired of that pretty quick Mm, because i mean that's not a real person you know obviously they're fictional characters but like it doesn't have that feeling of it being real and believable and being grounded um so you know for elk mountain i really wanted to make sure that the main character valor was somebody that you could connect to just as a as a person, as a human being, you know, uh, and as a superhero and as, you know, his, his story as an immigrant, but, you know, first and foremost, first and foremost, just as, you know, just, just, just a person that you would, I don't know if you want to have a beer with them. I don't know if that's the right you know expression, but somebody that you, you can recognize and know. Um, and from there, then you can build the groundwork for, you know, telling, the story that you want to tell and making the points that you want to make. Um, and for me, you know, with Elk Mountain, you know, the thing that I was seeing the most and I'm still seeing today, you know, just in terms of, you know, the political climate in America, but probably even just around the world is that, you know, there's a very um, dug in mentality that people have where, you know, they form opinions uh, and whether those opinions are based on fact or not, you know, those are the opinions that they're, they're holding to, and it's going to take a lot to get them to budge from those opinions, right? Right. And so no matter how much policy you talk or, you know, all this political jargon, like everybody's got, you know, these these catchphrases and things that they're throwing out there, memes that they're making, all this kind of stuff. Um, but when you strip all that stuff away and then you just get to the very human element of it, right? If you walked up to somebody and say, hey, do you think that we should lock kids in cages? Right. Like Most people would say no. Right. I mean, that's just like not that's not an American policy. That's a human policy like that's Mm -hmm. inhumane and cruel. That's not something that anybody, any moral person would agree is is something that we should be doing. Right. So when you when you take that away from, you know, a political argument or an immigration argument or anything like that, and you just get down to the humanity of it all, I feel like that's kind of hard to dispute. And so that's that was that that is our main goal with elk mountain is to make sure that you know we kind of keep that human element at the center of it so you know whether uh you know we're we're making strong political points or whether we're just you know having character moments between different characters that has nothing to do with that um all of it can resonate in the same way because we've built that foundation with the characters where um, you know, you're, you're invested in them and you're attached to them. And so, you know, the things that they're going through and the things that are affecting them are moving the story forward, but also are affecting you as a reader because you're, you want to see, you know, not only how they deal with these different situations, but, you know, you're, you're invested in, you know, the resolution of this. And even though it's, you know, a fictional thing and, you know, there's, there's, a world of difference between it and what's actually happening in the world. Um, you know, there's still enough emotional uh, anchor points and things kind of grounding it that I think can, can carry that through. And then with the Batwoman story, um, you know, again, like all of the stuff that happened, happened way before. Like I, you know, I, I, I don't have anything to do with that, you know? And, and right. Yeah. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't suggesting that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I understand. Yeah. Where you, but coming into it, coming into it, you tackle the tough subject. That's what I was trying to say. Oh no, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, no, <laughs> sorry. I'm saying that, you know, my approach to it can't be like, Oh man, like remember when they did this and like, I didn't like that and other people didn't like that. And you know, all these other things, like I need to approach it from the standpoint of like, okay, this happened, right? Like right. a lot of the things that, um, you know, that, that are, taking place in the story you know there's a lot of different controversies that that have happened with batwoman throughout the years and um for me i didn't want to just be like well i didn't like that so i'm just gonna ignore it you know it's like well no that 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 actually happens you know that's the thing that happens they didn't get married 
Um, and so, you know, that's going to be one of the basis points for the story. And then, you know, there's, there's other things that happened between Batwoman and another character, the, the kind of villain of the story. They also had some controversy to them, and I wanted to acknowledge that as well and not just kind of, you know, brush by that and, and not address that because that's another thing that happened to this character. And so for me, you know, the, the big thing just in terms of, you know, the emotional portion of the story is, you know, taking all of these events that have, have happened to Batwoman and, and making sure that, you know, I acknowledge them, but also, you know, move them towards a resolution right mm-hmm. um so you know with with them not being married you know where does that put them now where does he put these two characters now because you know at the end of the long run which was um you know jay Williams, and then you know a few other people you know continued to write the story after that um you know it kind of ended with them coming back together a little bit but they weren't in a relationship and it was, it was all kind of left open, you know? Um, but there wasn't any hard resolution to, to things that had occurred between them. Right. And there was still some secrets that didn't get aired out between them. And so, you know, I, I took all of that and, you know, I tried to make sure again, there's only eight pages. So, you know, I can't write a thesis statement on it. Like I have to kind of get to the point, uh, with a lot of things and, um, you know, I tried my best to lean into stuff without it being homework for people, right? Like people mm-hmm. don't have to have read those stories or have, you know, that prior knowledge, um, you know, to enjoy the story and to, to understand what's happening. It does help, you know, it does add additional resonance to it. But, you know, if you're coming in completely fresh without any knowledge of, you know, these two characters history, like hopefully you can still enjoy the story. Um, but you know, it is tricky and difficult because, you know, there is, you know, certain elephants in the room. And, you know, for me, instead of trying to tiptoe around them, I was just like, well, this is it. Like, this is, if, if, if this is, if we're talking about this, not as if it's real, but as if these are, you know, linear events in a character's life, um, then these things happen, right? And so uh, making sure that you do your best to uh, acknowledge those moments, but then also, uh, kind of spin them forward in a way that leads to, you know, new developments, new drama, uh, new uh, revelations between characters um, that can kind of, you know, hopefully this is not like a, like a period on the Maggie story, Batwoman story. Like I definitely would like to see more of them together, but you know, it feels like uh, you know, a proper resolution to a lot of things that they had going on. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I would say overall, like that's, that's the trickiest part of a writer's job is always making sure that you are specifically if you're bringing in real world issues, um, or things that have, you know, a, a controversy surrounding them, uh, making sure that you're, you're being, uh, conscious of those things. Right. But like, you can't just hang your hat on those things specifically and call that a story. Like you still need to do you know a lot of different work whether it's character work or whether it's you know just general plot um but make sure that you know if you're going to 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 make the decision to address you know certain things like that that do have a lot of real world weight and resonance to them like treat it with respect but also um you know make sure that you you flesh out and develop things enough in in the whole story and and always with you know the characters and the plot and all that so that that's not the only thing that your story has. That's a great answer. Yeah. Love listening to hear you talk about stories. So like, I was like, Oh, (laughs) the whole class from Jordan, just hearing him talk about that stuff. But I have to say, I really like your answer instead of, like you said, not retconning things, using it as a stepping point for a storyline. Yeah. I, I really love that. And um, yeah, I love this story. I can't say that enough. Thank you. Um, it's really great. And again, I only know the base knowledge of Batwoman and Maggie Sawyer. So I was able to go in and understand it and appreciate it as a complete story on its own. And uh, same with Elk Mountain, such a good story on its own. You know, uh, all your other work, it's just, just great stuff. Go, I, love, I love reading it. 
Thank you. Yeah. So um, as we said earlier, this book is going to be in shops on February 5th. So um, I would encourage everybody to let their shops know that they want a copy. Um, Jordan, why don't you let people know where they can find you online? And I know that you have a uh, you do have a signing coming up. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, you can find me online on Twitter at JRSosa18. Um, and that's the same thing on Instagram, J-R-S-O-S-A-1-8. Um, I have a website that I'm in the process of updating and uh, a Patreon that I'm in the process of updating. So I think both of those things are kind of maybe kind of merge into one thing potentially. Uh, so uh, if you follow me on social media, there'll be more information about that. Um, but I do have a signing at Third Eye Comics. Uh, which again is amazing because it's kind of like a f- weird f- full circle thing where I, you know, I met Kelly Sue there all this time ago and that was kind of like my, my spark for doing comics. And now I'm coming back around many years later to sign there and, and to this DC thing. So that's kind of surreal. Um, but that's going to be on February 8th. So the book comes out February 5th and then that Saturday um, I'll be signing at third at comics from 11 to one uh, alongside Philip Kennedy Johnson. He also has a story in here and also has an amazing comic, The Last God. If you're not reading that, like I'm, I'm sure he'll have that there, but like definitely read that and then hopefully come by and see us and pick up Crimes of Passion. Um, but yeah, that's going to be February 8th at Third Eye. Very cool. Yeah. And uh, I actually, the, I met you uh, in line for, for a signing at Third yeah. Eye and, and now, and now, uh, now you're doing a signing at Third Eye. So that is, uh, that is <laughs> very, awesome. very cool. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So thanks again. And uh, like I said, we're very excited for this book and we encourage everybody to go out and check this out. Uh, we'll have links to all of Jordan's social media in our show notes for, for this episode. Uh, if anybody would like to give us a follow, we are on Twitter at Construct Compod. We're on Instagram at Constructing Comics Pod. And we are on Facebook and YouTube as Constructing Comics. And I'd like to thank everybody uh, for joining us. And we'll be back with another episode very soon.